0: Hi, uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, my name is Jacob, um, me and my wife Sarah, we kind of run the youth group, um, serve in the youth group, and they make it totally easy for us because they're awesome, so it helps out a lot, um, but as you all know, uh, uh, um, Pastor Zeke and um, a lot of our other married couples, they went to uh, the marriage retreat, they should be coming back this weekend, so I know God did a work, is doing a work right now, and you know, just... Uh, Reinforcing those marriage and just keeping them grounded upon God's word, so they're going to come back all lovey dovey and just gross, and it's going to be it's going to be awesome. Not it's going to be awesome. It's it's cool uh, for us for those of us who didn't go, we'll go next year. All right, we'll we'll make a plan. We're ready to get our spots reserved, all right? But um, so I'm excited to be with you guys this morning. Um, we're going to be in a very small book in the Old Testament called the Book of Haggai. If you want to turn there, it's um it's right, it's a couple books right before the New Testament. So if you go, the last book is Malachi, you go back, Zechariah, and then Haggai. It's really small. It's only two chapters, but um, I don't know. The Lord just really put this on my heart. It's a, it's a book that I've read um, many times before. It always convicts me. So the of God does, right? always makes you like, man, I gotta, I gotta get right on it. And uh, this is one of those books, so Give you guys have a second to turn there then we'll pray and then we'll, we'll we'll read a little bit then we'll pray. Haggai chapter 1. I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. I could totally be wrong. So, but maybe you guys know but anyway. In Haggai chapter 1, it says uh starting in verse 1 it says in the second year of Darius the king on the first day of the sixth month the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah and to Jo uh Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, This people says, The time has not come, even the time for the house of the Lord to be rebuilt. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses, while this house lies desolate? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much, but harvested little. You eat, but there is not enough to be satisfied. You drink, there is not enough to be to become drunk. You put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. And he who earns wages, or he who earns earns wages to put into purse with holes. Thus says the Lord: Consider your ways. Go up to the mountains, bring wood and rebuild the temple, that I may pleased with it and glorified. Says the Lord: You look for much, but behold, I, it comes to little. When you bring it home, I blow it away. Why? Declares the Lord of hosts, because. Of my house, which lies desolate, while each of you runs to his own house. Therefore, because of you, the sky has withheld its dew, and the earth has withheld its produce. I called for a drought on the land, on the mountains, on the grain, on the new wine, on the oil, on the grounds, on uh, on what the ground produces, on men, on cattle, and all of the labors of your hands. Then Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and Joshua the son of Jehosadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God. In the words of Haggai the prophet, As the Lord their God had sent him, and the people showed reverence for the Lord, then Haggai the messenger of the Lord spoke by the commission of the Lord to the people, saying, I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, the son of Shehotel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord of hosts their God, on the 24th day of the 6th month in the 2nd year of Darius the king let's pray heavenly father lord we thank you so much god that uh, you de- lord you you want lord you you desire father to for us to be a part of your work lord of redemption god lord you called us in, in the you you um you gave us the great commission to go to go out and make disciples of all nations lord lord you want us to be an active part of of your work god and them um, we thank you lord that you would even consider us worthy of that god i pray father that um Lord, as your word just goes forth, Lord, you would speak to us, Father. That um, Lord, sometimes you call us, Lord, and and we're uh, Lord, we're we're fearful, we're nervous, we feel like we're inadequate, and we can't, we're not able to uh, to do what you want us to do, or, or we're not able to serve in a certain ministry, Lord. But Lord, were you God, you're going to provide, Father, all that we need, and I pray that we would see that, Lord, that we would be encouraged just as. Your spirit stirred up the leaders and the remnant to build, Lord. That you would stir up your stir up your people today, Lord, to to serve and to put their hands to, to the work that you have before us, Lord. There's, there's always going to be work. There's a lot of work to go until you come back, Father. There's a lot of people who need you, Lord, hurting people, and and help us to be um to be lights, Father, and to go out with your gospel, Lord, to go out and with the message of elevation, Lord, to be your hands and your feet to these people, Lord. So we. We just thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. We just want you to have full rain this morning in your name. Amen. Awesome. Um I was thinking uh, you know, when when we first give our lives to the Lord, how uh how excited we are, right? Uh, in, in the you know in, if you read the psalms it says the joy of our salvation right and that's that's an awesome word cuz that's that's how it is when you first become you first give your life to the lord and and you experience that uh, that just regenerating work in in your life and, and that and that knowledge that you're forgiven of your sins that you have a new life in Christ Jesus that all those old things they've passed away and everything's new and and it gives you a joy it gives you an excitement right it's awesome to see like when someone first comes to the lord how excited they are and how they just want to do everything right, like you just want to serve, and you want to any any opportunity there is like I'm there right, any bible study at the church, I'm totally there right and, and we and we get excited and that's awesome and and um and that's just it, it's awesome to see like those the, like new believers when they come they, they encourage you know they encourage me because they get excited, and like yes, like you know it, it gets you pumped up again, and it gets you excited, but uh you know something happens after a while, you know life happens right like we get busy we uh we get married. We start having families. Our 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 jobs are more demanding, and, uh, and you know, life happens. And all these other things, all these events, we have kids, and uh, we have kids, so we have soccer practice or we have whatever dance, whatever it may be. And we have all these other things that start taking our time. And then, what what can sometimes happen to us as a, as Christians? You know, um, we start not serving as much. We start not helping out as much because well, life happens, right? Things get in the way, and 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 those aren't bad things necessarily, right? But um, but those those things do happen, and and things are demanding our time and taking us away. Well, we come uh, to this book, in the book of or this the story in the book of Haggai. Um, if we can give like a little background real quick, right? Because maybe I don't know some of you don't know the the book or not. But I, I'm I'm all about like going back and figuring out like what's happening, what happened, and you know what what transpired and what's happening now, like why is this happening now or what are the things that are going on? Well, um, back like, if we go back like, I don't know, 80 or so years, um, back, in, back in time, you know, the, the children of Israel, the kingdom of Judah, they were taken into captivity by Babylon, right? If you guys know the story about that, how they went into exile because of basically of their disobedience to God. They weren't doing what God said. They were disobeying his commandments. They weren't keeping the Sabbath laws. They were in idolatry. So God basically uh, I always say that he put him on timeout for seventy years in Babylon, right He took him over there to Babylon as a and if you look and in, in, in Isaiah and all the prophets this whole time up until that point they' their warning say, hey, get right with God because Babylon is coming, get right with God or our God is going to come and discipline you and, and that's basically what happened. Babylon came and they took over Judah, they destroyed the temple, and they took most of the people to exile. All they left was just the the weaker and, and the older people the but most of the people they took to Babylon. For seventy years they were there. But um in the book of Ezra, in chapter three, verse eight through thirteen we see uh how or actually excuse me, in, in chapter um chapter four, verse one through five we see we see in the book of Ezra like the after seventy years the Babylon was defeated by persia right so now the persian empire is in control and there's a king named king cyrus who who makes this decree that all the jews they're able to go back to their homeland and and rebuild the temple and this is this was prophesied by the lord in the book of isaiah like 200 years before that so just pretty awesome stuff right how god's word is just uh true but so they go back so after all this after all these years about 50,000 of them go back to judah so they can go back into the land of their fathers and rebuild the temple and start rebuilding their homeland, their nation. So that's kind of like where the story picks up. But what we see when they come, they come to a devastated land. It's still like nothing's been rebuilt. It's just all, all rubble and rubbish. And, and their, you know, their task was to, to rebuild, to rebuild their life, to rebuild their own nation, to rebuild you know, their, the, their, their kingdom that once was there, the, their whole land, and, and to rebuild the temple. So we see um, they start doing this, but in Ezra chapter 3, verses uh, 8 through 13, you know, it talks about how they, it says, Now in the second year of their coming out of the house of God to Jerusalem, um, Zerubbabel and, and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak and the rest of the brothers and the priests and the Levites, they all came from the captivity to Jerusalem. Uh, they began work and appointed Levites from 20 years and older to oversee the work of the house of the Lord. Right, So we see... After they come back, after a couple years coming back, they start rebuilding the temple, and they start getting to work. And uh, in chapter 4 of Ezra, verses 1 through 5, this is awesome. This is awesome little story. It says, Now when the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard... Um, oh, sorry. this back in chapter 3. I apologize. I'm getting ahead of myself. I do that sometimes, so bear with me, guys. Right? Um, it says... Let's go back to chapter 3. I, I'm sorry. In Ezra... It says uh, the workmen uh, to oversee the temple. Now, when the builders had laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests stood in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the direction of King David of Israel. They sang praises, giving thanks to the Lord, saying, for he is good and his loving kindness is upon Israel forever. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord because the foundation of the house of the Lord had been laid. So... We see that they, they started a work, right? They started. They lay the foundation of the Lord, uh, of uh, of the house of of the temple, and they were excited about. It. They started seeing praises. They started just doing all this, all this awesome stuff. But what happens when like we start a work for God? When we start wanting to 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 get excited and to start serving and to start doing ministry? Someone usually there's someone who takes notice. You guys know who that is, right? The enemy, right? Opposition, the devil. And uh, that's kind of how I got ahead of myself a little, right? But in Ezra chapter four it says now when the enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the people of the exile were building a temple to the Lord, God of Israel. They approached Zerubbabel and the heads of the father's household and said to them, Let us build with you, for we like you seek your God, and we have been sacrificing to him since the days of um, the king of Assyria who brought us here. But Zerubbabel and Joshua and the rest of the heads of the fathers of the household of Israel said to them, You have nothing in common with us in building a house to our God, but we ourselves will together build the Lord... um, built to the Lord God of Israel as King Cyrus, the king of Persia, has commanded us. Then the people of the land discouraged the people of Judah and frightened them from building and hired counselors against him to frustrate their counsel all the days of Cyrus, king of Persia, even till the reign of Darius, of per- king of Persia. So that's what happens, right? When we start serving the Lord, when we start getting excited about about Jesus and, and wanting to to uh, not just come on Sundays, but come Thursdays, but not just come Thursdays, come to like a, another Bible study, a home Bible study or and not just do that, but serve in ministry. It's like what? You know, the devil he takes notice of those things. Those things they freak him out, right? Because you're, because you you have a desire to seek the Lord and you want to serve Him and you want to further His kingdom, and that's that's a threat to the devil, and he's going to do everything he can to frustrate those plans and to trip us up. And we see that as the same thing in our lives. But that's kind of what happened here to these to these people, this remnant. Right, they had all this, you know, all this stuff that was going on. If you were like, to look at the picture of maybe the way Judah looked, it was all just, just in ruins. So right off the bat, that's probably, wow, we have a lot of work ahead of us. It can get discouraging. But now, not just that, now they have opposition from other people that are trying to like discourage them and, and um, and threaten them because of rebuilding the temple. So they start building, but. Because of that, because of the discouragement and the frustration, and they they sent a uh, a decree to the king at the time and say, "Hey, look at these Jews are trying to rebel against you." so the king of Persia made them stop their work so that but that's what happens sometimes when opposition comes when when frustration discouragement discouragement of God's people are like, "Oh oh well, it's obviously it's not time for God's work to be done, so let me just do my own thing for a while, and then we'll we'll see I'll get back to it." <clears throat> but that's what happened from that time when they came back and rebuilding the temple until where we're at right now. And Haggai was 14 years. So 14 years, uh, the temple, the work of God was, was laid, just, was just there, and nothing was happening. So now this is where we kind of we pick it up. <clears throat> and it says, uh, again, in the second year of Darius, the king of Persia, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Haggai by Zerubbabel, and the governor in, in, um, of Judah and Joshua, the son of Jehozadak and he says thus says the lord this people says the time of the lord or the the time has not come even for the the time for the house of the lord to be rebuilt right and this was happening there oh it's not time right they're they're basically what they were doing is giving excuses right sometimes we we do that um it, there's a, there's a quote i found it was it, i thought it was really interesting I was it was kind of like it was it kind of hits the point it says if it's important to you you will find a way if not then you will find an excuse right but that's what he's saying here. These people were saying, oh, it's not God's timing, right? They couldn't like talk about it. It was like, oh, we can't rebuild the temple. We're not going to do that. That's not what we want to do, right? It would be kind of like, no, you can't say that, but you can say, oh, it's not God's timing, right? And they're spiritualizing, Well, oh, you know, I can't do it right now. It's not God's timing, but but sometimes in the same way, we we can do those things, right? I remember when we first started having kids, like, you know, um, I love kids, but you, you realize when you start having them, like, you know, you love other people's kids because you can play with them, And but once they start getting crazy, okay, okay give them back but when they're yours like you got to be with them even when they're like out of control and and breaking bones and stuff like that you got to deal with all that stuff when we first started having kids right it was like it it got a little difficult serving at times we are like oh man you know we have we have these kids or we have this and and um and sometimes we can start so i can't help out right now you know we have to have to get home and, and help the kids and all this stuff and and uh, you know, th- I understand those things completely. I have three of them, and they're amazing, but they're off the walls all the time. They jump off the walls. I don't even know how they climb on the walls, but they do those things, right? But 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 these, uh, you know, these were the kind of things that were happening here. These people out of those fourteen years, like life started happening, right? So instead of because they couldn't build the temple anymore, because you know the, they were discouraged or work, they started. Well, we got to make sure we have our food, so they started farming, doing crops. Well, you know, like. They started getting married. They started having kids, and life got busy for them, right? They started going to gymnastics class with their kids, or all these other things that we do, and, and those things are awesome. Those things are cool, and those things are, I, I think, important, right? But at the same time, what they were doing is, oh, I can't, I can't help, you know, I can't help serve right now. Like, it, it doesn't really fit my schedule, right? I have all these other things that are happening right now, so like, you know, I, I got to kind of, I got to see if, if serving the Lord kind of fits in with my with my schedule. And this is kind of what was going on. And this is what they were saying: "So it's not God's timing; we can't rebuild it right now." And sometimes we, uh, you know, we can make these excuses, right? I don't, I don't have time. I, you know, I, I have, I'm, I'm raising my family. You know, I know God is, my God is, um, concerned about you know making sure my family's raised right. So I don't have time to serve the Lord because I have my family. Also, I have young kids, and and um, whatever the case may be. You know, I have a career. I'm going to college, and I want to make sure I get my degree. If I get a degree, I'll get a good job, so I can have money so I can raise a family, and all these things, we can start putting all these things, All oh, there's, I have too much, there's, there's too much coming up, or this came up, or that came up, and and the reality is, right, there's, there's always going to be things that come, that comes up, and there's always going to be, you know, things that, that may get in the way, right, um, Benjamin Franklin, you guys know that guy, right, there's a quote by him, it says, I never knew a man who was good at making excuses, who was good at anything else, and, uh, it's pretty hardcore, right, but, but that's but that's what was happening they were they were making these excuses why they don't want to build the house of the lord but but we see here we kind of see the you know their inconsistency so well, it's not time to build the house of the lord but then god basically like confronts them with, with what was really going on He says then the word of the lord in verse 3 came by haggai the prophet saying is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your panelled houses while this house lies desolate man, right? Like, he, he basically, like, hits him right where it's at, right? He's he's saying, well, you know, you say it's not time for God to, for you guys to rebuild my temple, my house where my name is going to dwell, but yet you're, you're, you, it's time for you to build your houses, right? And he's not just talking about, he says panel houses, so it's not just like, oh, let me just build a shelter for myself, because to keep us from the elements and the, and the weather, but it says panel houses, which was basically what it, what it kind of refers to is basically, like, they were, like, renovating. They were, like, they're sparing no expenses on their own homes, making it luxurious, making it nice, and I understand those things. I have a house, like we have our own house, and it, it's, you know, making it, making it nice, and making it look like appealing, right? And those things are, those things are awesome, and those things are good, but, but that was their, you know, that, when it came down to that, was their priority, right? It wasn't so much God's work that was being done. It was, oh, let me, let me take care of myself, then we'll see if I have time to take care of God's work, and that's what was happening, right? And, and the Lord says that, and, and, and the thing about it is it's interesting because you, you say oh the time isn't come that's what they were saying but it was evident that the time had come right because the prophecy was just fulfilled when they when they first came um, in Isaiah chapter 44 verse 26 and 28 we have this this, uh, this prophecy um, by the word of God and this is before they came into captivity this is Isaiah um, prophesying to this people telling them, hey you need to get back you know, right with God. You need to keep his commandments. You need to do what you're supposed to do, or else Babylon is coming, or else judgment is coming, or else discipline is coming your way. And he says, though, in, in Isaiah 44:26 and 28, we have this cool prophecy, confirming the word of his servant and performing the, uh, the purpose of his messengers. It is I who says to Jerusalem, she shall be inhabited. In the cities of Judah, they shall be built, and I will raise up her ruins again. It is I who says to the depth of the sea, "Be dried up," and I will make your rivers dry. It is I who says to Cyrus, "He is my shepherd, and he will perform all my desire." And he declared, and he declares of Jerusalem, "She will be built," and of the temple, "Your foundations will be laid." And that was Isaiah. That was like two hundred years before this prophecy was before. This was even before Cyrus the king was even born. Right. We see prophecy. We see how it was fulfilled. And in Ezra chapter 1, we see the same thing. Now in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord by the mouth of Jeremiah, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus, king of Persia, so that he sent a proclamation throughout all the kingdom and also put in writing, saying, Thus says Cyrus, king of Persia, The Lord, the God of heaven, has given me all the kingdoms of the earth, and he has appointed me to build him a house in Jerusalem, which is in Judah. Whoever there is among you, of all his people, may his God be with him. Let him go to Jerusalem, with, which is in Judah, and rebuild the house of the Lord, the God of Israel. He is the God who who is in Jerusalem. Every survivor at whatever place he may live, let the men of that place support him with silver and gold, with goods and cattle together with a freewill offering for the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. That's awesome, right? That's how God works, right? When when God is guiding you, when he's when he's telling you to go somewhere, he's going to provide a way, right? He was... He, through Cyrus, he said, "Hey, go tell the, the the Jewish people that they can go back, because the way like it worked, you know, when 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 they were put into captivity, right? They the 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 people who captured they spread the people out through just the rest of their kingdom, right? Just in case like if they were to put them all in one place, they can you know grow and, and they can you know try to form a resistance. But they spread them all out so they couldn't all unite and, and be one and try to overthrow. So they're all over the place in the kingdom of uh, of Persia. But he tells them, wherever you're at." Wherever these, wherever these Jewish people are at, if they're going to go. The rest of the people that are in this land, give them, give them what they need so they can go back. Give them everything they need, all the resources they need, the, the financial means. That's, that's awesome. See, God works that way. He's gonna, where He guides, He's gonna provide for you whatever you need. And, and that's a, I've seen that so many times in just in, in people's lives and, and especially in ministries. Like, I don't know, Lord, I don't see like, you want to do this and financially, I don't know how this is going to happen. What are you going to do? But, but God, you know, God's like. Just, I'll take care of it. Just let me, you know. And we freak out sometimes. I, I know I freak out sometimes. right? it's like, Lord, how are you going to do this? I understand we don't have the people, we don't have the work, we don't. like, And but it's like, I, I told you this is what's going to happen. It's going to happen. Just trust me, right? And that's what was going on. And we see that here. That's that was happening. Like the evidence was there. Like, hey, it's time to rebuild the God's house. They're like, yeah, I don't know. You know, it's, there's a lot of work. You know, I don't, I don't have the right equipment, right, or whatever the case may be. And and that's what was happening. But it was very evident that God wanted them to do the work, but they, they got complacent and they got indifferent about the work of God and they wanted just to focus on themselves and their own comforts. But see, uh, you know, God's, just like we are talking about earlier, God's desire, He he wants us to be an active part, an active participant in His work of redemption. He wants us to, to be and, and, and work for Him and serve Him. There so many opportunities here to serve the Lord in children's ministry and the youth. There's never going to be a time and I don't I don't even know if there's ever been a time in the history of the church where like someone wanted to serve the Lord and like, oh no, we're good right now. Just, you know, come back and sit. No, I don't I don't I've never seen that or you know, we I don't think we've ever declined someone because we have enough help. That's that, that'll I don't think that'll ever be the case. Right? God wants us to to serve him, to, to to be used. There is such an amazing blessing that comes with serving the Lord, such a such a joy that comes with that. Right? We see just in the in, in the um the Great Commission, God tells us to go. He commands us to go, and He says He will be with us even to the ends of the earth. Right in in Acts one eight, He says uh, that you know we will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon us. Right, you know we will be His witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. See, God is going to give you the the everything you need. Maybe like the Lord is calling you to children's ministry. Like I don't know, I don't teach kids. Like I don't have a lot of patience with kids. I, I don't know. I, don't, I can't do that. That's, there's no way. But if God is guiding you that He's gonna give you that patience. He's gonna teach you and these kids are gonna become a joy. And you're gonna realize that when you're serving, when you're taking care of these kids, you're allowing the parents to come in so they can be filled with God's word, so they can be poured into. So when they go home they can pour into their children. And it's just it's awesome when we um, start taking the stop taking the focus off ourselves and we put it upon God and we put it upon God's people and serving his people and, and God is gonna do a work and, and we see that we're that active, you know, that participation with God. But we see that's what happens, right? Some of those are some of the, the reasons, um, some of the excuses they were making. It's not that time, you know, the, these uh, panel houses, they didn't have the time for the work of the Lord, for the service of God, but they had more time for themselves. And it all comes down to priorities, right? Where our priorities are at, Or are they on God? Is God the first in our lives or is it everything else and then God? And that's basically what, what he's trying to get out of these people here right? Their priorities were, were mixed up. They weren't on, a, the, you know, the, the state of the physical temple, it being in ruins, was basically, it was a measure of how the people valued God's place at the center of their lives, right? And sometimes we can do this, say, oh, we need to do this, or oh, how come there's not this ministry? Someone should start that. we should pray about that, right? Well, you know, what are you doing? Like, if, you know, and, oh, you know, I'm too busy, I can't, but I'll pray, though. I'll pray that somebody starts, you know, steps up and raises up, right? And, um, but we can do that. We can make those, those, uh those type of excuses. I love what you know. Jesus, he in, in Luke chapter nine, verses fifty-nine through sixty, he says this. He and he said to another, "Follow me." But he said, "Lord, permit me first to go bury my father." But he said to him, "Allow the dead to bury their own dead." But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Right? He wasn't saying like, "Oh, don't go to your father's funeral." No, he's, he, he's at this time. You know his, his father wasn't dead yet, but he, you know he was probably an old man. He's saying, "Well, let me first wait until he 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 passes away, then I'll then I'll start serving you, God." Right? But sometimes we can do those things, but God says, "No, let let them you know follow me, serve me," right? Because we don't know how long that time was going to be. But sometimes we can make "Oh, I can't right now." You know, I I want to stay here and do these things, or I kind of have young children. Then, or I you know once they get older, I can. They're they're older. I don't want to miss out on their lives. They're going to be graduating high school. Then they're going to college and not going to see them. But then, after a while, though, now I have grandchildren. I want to be a part of their lives, so I can't really serve. I want to make time for that, and we can do those things, right? Or sometimes it's like we want to obey the Lord, but like, oh, I'm going to wait a little bit, right? And I heard this um, this saying. I don't know who said it, but I, it says, um, "Delayed obedience is disobedience," right? Right? If we're, if God is saying, "Do this, go," I want you to go, and we're like, oh, "Okay, well, you know, give me like five months. Let me finish up some stuff, or let me." Let me, let me do this, or do that, or you know, I have these other things I want to do first, right? But that's it, just like it says, delayed obedience is disobedience. And then we come here to uh, verse 5. It says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. You have sown much, but harvested little. You eat, but there is not enough to be satisfied. You drink, but there is not enough to be drunk. There is not enough to become, uh, there's not enough to become drunk. Excuse me. You put on clothing, but no one is warm enough. And he who earns wages... Earns wages to put them in purses with holes. It sounds familiar, right? Like when uh, when we're striving for so much, we're always like, I need to make more money. And then, like when our paycheck comes, like, i worded, word it. I'll go right. Sometimes that, that's it's funny how that happens. But um, but see, they were concerned more about their own comforts and, and making sure they had everything they need instead of God's work. But just like we've been saying, where God guides, He's going to provide. You know, the the Word of God says God will not allow His righteous to go hungry. Right, and Philippians, Paul says, God is going to prefer, uh, will provide all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ. That means they're they're unlimited, right? God's resources, His riches. <clears throat> but um, see what they failed to see? They're were, they're were striving. They're trying to do all these things. they were trying to work and, and make sure they had all their stuff. But they were, you know, were, everything wasn't working out for them. They were being discouraged. They had they were sowing, right? They were they were planting their crops. They're they were doing the work. They were plowing. But when it came time for harvest, there wasn't enough, right? It didn't seem like what they put into it is what they got out of it. And they're getting frustrated. They're getting discouraged, right? And that's, that's how it happens when, when, as as Christians, you know, when we give our lives to the Lord, we, we give our lives as a Savior, but also as Lord, right? And the word Lord is, is, is master. That means, hey, Lord God, whatever you, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to do it. I'm going to go out and do it. But sometimes, like I said, we get complacent, and we're like, oh, I don't want to, you know, I'm, I'm busy. I have too much going on. And we try to strive for all these other things, and then it seems like if nothing's happening, it seems like we're not being successful. It seems like the more money we're trying to make, it, it doesn't seem to be helping. At all. we're not satisfied. We're, we're we're continuing to strive, right? It says in um, Psalms forty six ten, it says, "Be still or cease striving and know that I am God," right? Yeah. Or sometimes we can do that, right? We can we can be so caught up in other things. You know, I heard a, a story about um uh, a guy in, in ministry who was, you know, he was. He was working, but he was doing ministry at the same time. And he came to his pastor and he says, you know, I can't do this anymore. Like, I need to make more money for my family. I need to do all this stuff. Like, I have all these other things, so I can't really do ministry. And the pastor said, okay. He's like, what do you mean, okay? He's like, that's fine. Go go make, go, make more money. Do what you have to do. I know you need to provide for your family. And but, but I know, like, that's not where your heart is. Your heart is in ministry. You need to know you go and make more money and do all these things. Like, you're not going to be happy because your heart is, is, is serving the Lord and that's and I thought that was a pretty pretty because that that's, that's how it can be sometimes. I you know I, I deal with those things as well. I work I see I see guys and you know they have like you know new cars. They have all these these nice things or they have all these little things or they, oh I went to the weekend I just got a new boat or whatever the case may be and sometimes you're like, oh man, it's like that'd be awesome to have. It's like well if I made more money or if I did this or if I went back to school I can get this type of degree or something so I can make more money. And, and those things aren't bad, but, but I know for myself that that means it would take me away, obviously, from my family. It would, it would mean time away, and also time away from the Lord. And honestly, I'm not, I don't know, I'm not willing to do those things, right? But, but that's, that's what happens. Whatever you want to do, those priorities, like, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna, um, something is always going to be sacrificed, whatever you want to do, right? There, that's, how, that's how that usually goes. Um, I'm trying to find something. It says uh, you always have times for the things you put first, right? And action expresses priorities, right? Those things that we want to do, we're going to make time to do those, and we're going to put everything else to the side on the back burner. But that's what was going on, and that's what was happening. Like, all these things were happening, all these frustrating things— but back in Deuteronomy chapter twenty eight, like if you guys ever read that, I don't we don't have too much time to read that right now, but it's basically talking about God God is telling the children of Israel, If you obey my commandments, my laws, then I'm gonna bless you, I'm gonna make sure you're provided for. It. But if you disobey, then all these curses are gonna upon you. You're gonna have drought. You're gonna have basically all the things that are happening right now in Haggai. And they for and they forgot about those things. Right? They they forgot about the word of God and they were um they're forgetting about those things. But that can happen to us, right? We can start striving. We can see like all the world has, all the goods and stuff, and those things aren't bad, you know, having those material things, but it's the it's bad things when those, when those things have you, right? When they have your heart and that's all you desire. Um, in Matthew six twenty five 25-33, I'm going to read out of the New Living Translation. It's awesome verses, if you guys know them. Um, you guys can turn there, highlight them in your Bibles, put a little smiley face by them, it's good stuff. It says here, it says, That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink and god cares so wonderfully for what if god cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow he will certainly care for you why do you have so little faith so don't worry about these things saying what will we eat what will we drink what will we wear these things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers but your heavenly father already knows all your needs seek the kingdom of god above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need right it's just right there. It's plain and simple, right? That's, that's what God is saying to us. Like, you know, let's, let's get and serve the Lord. Well, I don't have time. I'll, I'll give you the time. I'll make time. We'll, it's going to take sacrifice that I'm going to give you that heart if you're willing. right? God is looking for a willing heart. That's, that's what He desires, right? God isn't, isn't concerned. Well, I have to serve the Lord. I'm a Christian. It's what i got to do. No, He wants a willing heart. He wants, he wants a heart that's, that's totally for Him. And that's what He desires. And If He has that heart, He's going to use you guys in a mighty way to serve the Lord. Right, but he says that he says the in verse seven, thus says the Lord, consider your ways, go up to the mountain, and bring wood and rebuild the temple, that I may be pleased with it and be glorified. Right, I love that. God delights so much when when we when uh, when we as his people like obey him and go serve him. And uh, his name is glorified when we sacrifice for him and serve him, right? It says in Romans um twelve one, you guys may know that verse, very popular verse, right? It says, uh, let me turn there. It says, therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, which is acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship, right? Or, or it says, which is your reasonable service to, of worship, right? That's what we're supposed to be, a living sacrifice. You know what a living sacrifice is? That means you're totally consumed for the Lord, right? Not just partly. He didn't say, I want you to be a part sacrifice. Half of you can you can belong to me, the other half to the world, right? If you ever look in the book of Revelations in chapter 3 about the church of Laodicea, you know they're called the lukewarm church, right? Because they wanted to have one, one foot in the world, one foot in the church. They wanted to be pleasing to both sides. But you know God is a, you know God's clear that He's He's jealous for you, right? He wants all of you. He doesn't want just part of you. He died for for all of you, not just a part of you, right? That's what He desires, and that's what He desires for us to to serve Him, to go out, right? And I love this verse where He says, you know, go to the house, rebuild it, so that I may be pleased with it and be glorified. You know, any any work that we start for the Lord, it's 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 going to take. Time, right? It's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take long hours. It's going to take labor, right? Sometimes uh, we think, you know, when we do something for the Lord, like everything is just going to like magically happen for us, and we just got to sit back and enjoy it. But no, it, it takes us putting our hands to play, actually getting, getting our hands dirty at times, right? Getting in there and working, and and sometimes sweating, and, and it's it's um, it's sometimes it's hard work. One of my favorite books in the in the Bible is the book of Nehemiah, right? And that's what they did. They were working, right? They saw the work. They needed to be done to rebuild the wall, and they saw how much, how all the work was, and, and it's easy to get discouraged, but they said the people had a mind to work, and they got busy, and they started doing the work, right? Right in the book of James, Says faith without works is dead, right? If we say we love the Lord, if we say we're going to follow him, then that's going to be, you know, that it's going to, it's going to show in what we do for him, right? We're not saying that, oh, the, the more you work, that's, that's, you know, that's how you earn your, your salvation, no, but is because you're saved, it's gonna, the fruits of that are going to be you want to serve the Lord, you want to do those things that are pleasing to him, you want to go out with the gospel. He says, again, he says, that I may be glorified. He says, Lord, you look for much, but behold, it comes to little. And um, you look for much, but behold, it comes to little. When you bring it home, I blow it away. Why? Because, declares the Lord, because of my house, which lies desolate, while each of you runs to his own house. Therefore, because of you, the sky has withheld its dew, and the and the earth has withheld its produce. I call for a drought on the land, on the mountains, on the grain, on the new wine, and on the oil, and all that the ground produces, on the men, on the cattle, and all the labor of your hands. Right? Man, that just sounds frustrating, right? Trying to do all this stuff and nothing's happening because God is trying to get our attention, right? And that's what he's going to do at times. I always heard the saying, and I always thought it was a cool saying, Um, you know, God doesn't allow his saints to sin successfully, right? Like if, if, if you know, if we belong to the Lord... And we want to walk away and start doing our own thing, like it's not going to be fulfilling, right? God is always going to try to bring you back, right? God is a is a is a um, a gracious, a loving Father who's going to steer you in the right way, and that means sometimes disciplining you, and it's not going to feel good, but but in Hebrews it talks about that, you know, the the momentary discipline. It seems like we, no one likes it, but in the end, you know, it's going to produce those fruits of righteousness, right? It's going to it's going to draw us back to Him, right? It's going to make us realize, man, I'm going the wrong way. If I keep going this way. This is what's happening. That's why he says here, "Consider your ways." That word, "Consider your ways," uh, it, it basically means put your heart on the road that you're going on the path, right? Examine. And the New Living Translation it says, "Look at what's happening to you," right? He's basically saying, "Look at what's going on. Like everything is just frustrating. Like consider what's going on. Really examine. Really see what's what's happening. Is because your priorities are mixed up. They're not on me. They're on everything else, right? Don't you understand? If you just if you follow me, if you're obedient, I'm I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to provide for you, right?" That's what God's saying here. That's what He desires. Jesus says in, Matthew, in uh, John eight twenty nine says, And the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me, for I always do what pleases Him." Right. So I always do I always do what pleases the Father. Right. And that should be our attitude as Christians. Whatever is pleasing to God, whatever brings Him glory, then that's that's where I want to be. Right. Um. I didn't really have the the privilege of um you know, knowing Pastor Larry as much as you guys do, but I hear so much about him and it's just encouraging and one of the things that that I heard that he was he was he was at the mindset that he was always about the father's business. He was always about being busy and for the works of the Lord, right? And I, I thought that was awesome. Um just just that that mindset and that mentality and, and and going out and just wanting to be busy for wanting to glorify his God and be pleasing to him. And I'm I'm more than certain, right, God is God said to him, Well done, my good and faithful servant, right? And that should be our desire as well to hear those words. I hope I hear those words. I'm gonna be so excited. I'm gonna do all these backflips. I've never done a backflip in my life, but when I'm in heaven, I'll probably do a bunch of them. It's gonna be awesome, right? But, but that's but that's what he's saying here. Be, so I can be glorified, right? You look for my. Or already read that part. Excuse me, right? I called for the drought on the earth. In verse 12, we see we see the response of the people. It says, Zerubbabel, the son of uh, Cheotel and Joshua the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, with all the remnant of the people, obeyed the voice of the Lord their God." in the words of Haggai the prophet, as the Lord their God had sent him. And the people showed reverence for the Lord. Then Haggai the messenger of the Lord spoke by commission of the Lord to the people saying, check this out, I am with you, declares the Lord. Right? That's what they needed to hear. They needed to be encouraged that God is going to be with them through all their endeavors, through all the work that they were going to do. It says, so the Lord stirred up the spirit of, the <clears throat> of Zerubbabel and the, uh, and the spirit of Joshua, the high priest, and the spirit of all the remnant of the people. And they came and worked on the house of the Lord, on the Lord of hosts, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of Darius. Right, I love that because he says, I'm going to be with you. That's what they needed to hear. And that's what God is telling us today. He's like, hey, I want you to serve, and I'm going to be with you. I'm not just going to say, okay, I want you to serve in children's ministry you've never been there. I want you to serve in the youth. I want you to start teaching them. You've never done that before. And I'll check back on you in like a year see how you did. Right, no, that's not how God works. God is going to be with you every step of the way. Right, it says in Romans 8, Thirty-one and thirty-two it says, "What then shall we say of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him over for us all, how will He not also with Him freely give us all things?" Right? You understand that God gives abundantly. He's going to give you the resources. Maybe you're like, maybe you have a hard time studying and 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 being disciplined, or are not good at reading. Like, you know, um, when I was younger, I hated reading. Like, I was just, I had, I didn't have the just the discipline to do that. I always get always get um, just distracted by other things, and and but now like the Lord is just he's um, I don't know. Like I love reading now, and I love studying the Word of God. And uh, before that, like I I could never do that thing. I, I'd study for a little bit, and I like I go on ESPN and see what's happening, you know, on, on the game, or I do those things. I get I get, but but those things happen. But God, but God says here, He who did not spare His only Son, God sent His Son to die for us. He didn't spare Him, His only Son. So how not? So how will He not with with him, not give us all things, right? All things that we're going to need so that we can be effective in the ministry, effective in serving the Lord, right? It's awesome when um when people come and they want to serve the Lord. It's like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I know God wants me here, and so I'm just going to be open to what the Lord has. And, and then you see what the Lord does to them because they have a willing heart. And that's such an awesome thing. We see what God wants to do with that. It also says in Matthew 28, 20, we, we read this already, but teaching them to observe all that I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Right, when, from the from the end of chapter one, and about uh, five years after that, they they rebuilt the temple, right, and they started sacrificing, and they started giving glory back to God, and, they, and their priorities were on God again. And that's how it needs to be, and that's that's what I was, um, you know, thinking about, like our, our priorities. You know, sometimes we're like, oh, I want to make sure, like, um, that my kids have everything they need, or that they're doing this, or that they're active and stuff. I I grew up my my whole life in sports. My dad always like, I don't want you. You're not just going to sit around the house and not do anything, or sit down and watch TV, right? So I I grew up like playing sports all year round, but when when my parents, they started going to church when I was like in junior high, and uh, you know, but before that, like we would go to church, but every once in a while, but you know, we we would have games. We had practices, and um, you know, that's what we did, and Sunday was kind of like our day to rest, you know. Not so much church. We went to church, but it was kind of like our just okay. Let's 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 get ready for this new week because we have we have school, we have practices, and all these things. But <clears throat> when we uh, started going to church and they and they started getting involved, and in I and I started going to youth group, like all those things started changing. Like you know, it, like it was more like okay, well, there's this Bible study going on, so we can't have practices today, right? It's crazy because that's that's what our life was. It was all sports and and doing activities and making sure we were busy, and that's how it was going to be. And sometimes we can be like that, right? So I want to make sure. My my child is is doing these things, or make sure they have all these these other things, and those things are awesome. But see, when when God is the center of our life, when God is our main priority, then our priority isn't going to just be, say, oh, I got to make sure my 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 family is is doing this or doing that. My our, our priority is, you know, I got to make sure that they're being fed the Word of God. Right? I got to make sure that that they're that we have our devotion time. Or I got to make sure that we're going to church, that we have these things, that they're being fed the Word of God, that they're. <clears throat> that they're growing in the relationship with the Lord, right, but even in our own lives I, I, sometimes oh, I got to make you know I have this job and i I'm, I'm, I want to raise up and and do all these things and those things are those things are awesome, those things are great, but when God is the center of our lives, when he's our priority, our priority is going to be it's like, man, how can God use me to minister to to my coworkers here and um and I tell you what like there's even in our jobs you know sometimes we can get so just caught up in, in making sure we're doing our work. And not get caught up in, in, in the drama work. See, Like when I was in high school, I, I really, I just liked high school. To me, it was just like a, a soap opera every day. It was just drama, right? Right. But it doesn't change when you get older. When you're an adult, like when you go into work, it's the same thing. And sometimes it's even worse, right? You deal with like all the all the drama of people at work and stuff. But at the same, and, and sometimes like for myself, it's like oh, I just don't want I kind of I just want to get out of that. I just want to kind of make sure I'm working. I don't want to be caught up in all these other people doing their, you know, messing around and. And doing all this stuff, but then you come to realize, like, the people are hurting at work, right? People need the Lord at work, and it's so crazy. Like, you know, they always see me at work reading my Bible, and they ask me, like, some of these guys asked me, and I was like, hey, what's, what's the what's the scripture for today? And before they were just like, I don't know, talking about all this other other crazy stuff, but now they're asking me, like, well, what are you reading today? Or people come up to me, like, well, I'm working, I, I work in a warehouse, so I like, uh, unload trailers, and I'm in my trailer unloading trailers, and they come in there and say, hey, like, what does God say about this, right? And they have all these questions, and they're asking me all these things, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I, I know you want to use me. Help me to be, you know, help me to be ready. Like, help me to be prepared in, in my heart. And, and God wants you, when your priority is, is, is the Lord, then you know, he's going to start using you in, in a mighty way. And that's what I love. This, this is what, you know, the, the temple symbolized, right? The temple was the center of the spiritual life of the nation, right? And it was in ruins. It was just left there, Right, nobody wanted to do the work, right? Other people were making excuses. Well, somebody will do it. I'll let somebody else do it, you know. I'll let them i I'll let them have all the blessing, they'll just chill out and hang out. Right? But no, that's that's not what he's saying. He's saying here. so no let's get to work, let's start doing the work of the Lord. There's so many opportunities here to serve the Lord. And God wants to use it and we have all these resources available, we're not just gonna okay, I'm gonna throw you in there and hopefully you do okay, right? And with the with the little one year olds and they're screaming off the top of their lungs. One of the first things I, I did when I uh um, came to the Lord as I, I they, uh, I was I was doing usher ministry, but then I started doing the toddlers right with with a bunch of other adults, and um, the first time I went in there was there's was probably like there's like four of us you know working in their adults, and there was like 20 little one year olds, like half of them were okay, the other half were just like screaming like they see you and you see their eyes like start welling up I'm like oh man here it comes, and they just scream and they're crying for mommy or daddy, and and at first I was like man this is crazy and like. <clears throat> But after a while, like, you begin to just, like, you know, they, they, get, they get comfortable with you. They know who you are. So you start going in there, and it's just, it, it just becomes such a blessing. It, comes, it becomes awesome. Like, they get familiar, and the parents are like, you know, the parents don't have to worry, right? Because sometimes some of the parents, they're supposed to be in service, but you see them, like, you know, you have the window. They peek through to make sure their, their kids are okay. So, so they're not even focused on the Word of God. They're, they're running around making sure their parents are, are making sure their kids not, like, screaming or, or you know, not, like, hysterical, Right? But when they started getting used to us, and the, the parents were in there getting fed the word of God, they didn't have to worry and that was just such a an awesome thing that we can do that you know after a while once once in a while I'll be playing with one of the kids and I turn around and the other with stuff like they're happy eating graham cracker in my mouth and it was disgusting, but it was great you know was, those type of things happen and, and ministry is a it's funny like that sometimes but but when you're serving the Lord when you're when you're about God's business man he's going to bless you you're going to have such a joy and it's just going to be awesome so honestly God, that's what I wanted to encourage you with. This morning and let's just serve the Lord together like we're all here together it's not it's not just one like oh, okay you do this ministry and we'll see it no we're, we're, we're here united as the as church and we're here to lift one another up and we're here to serve each other and and, and, to, and to serve uh, alongside each other in ministry right sometimes we can get uh, we can put everything out up upon ourselves and we can get burned out really easy but it shouldn't be that we were here together to, to lift one another up and to and to encourage one another so we can all just further God's kingdom. So with that, uh, let's pray, and then we'll be done. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much, God, that you desire, Father, to use us for your glory, God. Lord, I pray for anyone here, Lord, who's um, who's been hesitant, Father, Lord, the you've been calling them, Lord, to to, to start serving, to start to start working, God, and they're and they're fearful, Lord, and they feel inadequate, Father, and and Lord, but just like we've been, just like we've been saying, Lord, were you, God, you're going to provide, God. Lord, it is you who has called us, Lord. You don't make mistakes, Father. You don't, um, Lord, you, you know exactly what you're doing, Father. And I pray that we would understand that, Lord, and that we would just be obedient to you and just go, Lord, where you call us to go. We would take those steps of faith, Lord. Lord, knowing that you're going to be with us every step of the way, Father. So be with us, Lord. I thank you, Lord that, you um, Lord, that you're here right now, Father, and that you would, again, just be glorified in our worship. In your name we pray. Amen.